Gemara Erubin has been sponsored by Mr. Isaac Jamal and his wife Celia for their success, for their children's success, health, happiness, beracha, parnasav, atzlaha, bechol maaseh yedehem, daf mem tet. Today's daf has been dedicated by Mr. Ike Shaybar, in honor of the rabbi. Today's daf has been dedicated to Nishmat, Acham Baruch, Rafael ben Miriam, and Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem, Tanichem, Begin Eden. Amen. We are beginning on daf Mem Chet, Amud Sheni. And we are going to begin five lines from the bottom, the last word on the line. We are discussing the last case of our Mishnah uh, that the Bishamon uh, discussed, where there was three Hatserot. We'll call them one, two, and three. Uh, two obviously being in the middle, and you have one and three on the sides of it. And the middle Hatser made in Ayruv with the outer, with one and three. So the Mishnah said, literally, that it's permissible for the middle Hatser for two to carry into one and three and for one and three to carry into two but one and three are forbidden that was the opinion of Rabbi Shimon so that's the way we understood it until now so the Gemara says that's the opinion of Rabbi Shimon that says the middle Hatser is permissible to the outside Hatserot and they are permissible into it because there was Eruv done with those Hatserot Aval Hachamim Omrim but Hachamim come along and say Reshut Achat Mishameshet Lishte Reshuyot One Reshut, one domain can serve as a residence for two Reshuyot but two domains Two domains cannot have one uh, residency Or as we'd say, one residency cannot have two places What does this mean? According to Hakamim, they argue on the Bishamon And they say, while well, it's permissible for the outer Hatserot to go to the middle Because each one now is establishing a new residency the outer Hatserot established a residency in the middle. But the middle Hatser cannot go to either side. Because a Hatser cannot have residency in two different places. And therefore, they argue on the Bishamon. They say, well, uh, the outer Hatserot, one and three, can converge into the middle Hatser. Because Hatser one has its residency in the middle. Hatser three has its residency in the middle. However, Hatser 2 cannot go to either way Because you cannot have a uh, residency uh, uh, in two different places Now I want to read that, uh, those words aside for you One domain, meaning referring to the middle Hatser Can serve for two different Rishiyot, two different Areas or uh, for two different Hatserot, meaning one and three domains can go into two. But one reshut 
cannot uh, serve go to to the shuriot. Meaning, the middle chatzir cannot go to one and three. So therefore, hakamim are a little more mahmir. Uh, Let's read that sheet. They can come to it, but it cannot go to anybody. It cannot carry, not to one and not to three. They can carry into it, but it cannot carry into them. Rashi. Hakamim. Aval hakamim omrim. De lo shena natushtem eruban be'emsait. Lo shena natayemsait eruban bezu bezu. Which is a kod da'achim, they don't care where you put the eruv. I don't care if you put the eruv in the middle chatzir or if you put the eruv on the sides. That's, that doesn't make a difference. He asura imahin. She, the middle one, is asur to them. But they are permissible with it. Rashi. Vessels, let's say, that were in the outside Hatserot. You can transfer them to the middle. Because each individual Hatser made the Ayruv with the middle. No other Rishut is pulling them, which means they're only drawn to one area, the middle. They're not being pulled to a different Rishut, as opposed to the middle Hatser is being drawn to both sides. So therefore he has two different Ayruvin uh, here. That doesn't work. Next Rashi. Since the outer Hatserot did not make an Eruv together, to make one domain, they are separate. So the middle Hatserot they cannot uh, carry, not in. Number one and on number three. Because if it wants to go to one, three pulls it its way. If it wants to go to three, one pulls it its way. So they've got scored in the middle, as we would say. We don't give it to residents. Meaning it's in the middle. Finished. You cannot have two places where you are. Vedamya, it's similar to We consider it as if it's part of, let's say, Hasid number one Which is going to osir it on Hasid number three Because it does not make Ayruv with it Or we consider it as part of Hasid number three that's going to be, and it's going to be as soon because it's not me'urab with Hasid number one. So therefore each side affects the middle. So that's the shita of the hakamim. And that's the way Rav understood it. Rav understood the mahloket, Rabbi Shimon and hakamim, as we just explained. Rabbi Shimon is matir, the middle to go to the sides and the sides to go to the middle. Where hakamim are strict and only allow the sides to go to the Middle, but not the middle to go to the sides. Mm-hmm. Now the Gemara continues. Ki amirta kamed Shmuel. So Rav Yehuda said, when I said this over in front of Shmuel, Amarli, he told me, Avzu devrer bishmon. Abal hachamim omrim shiloshtan asurot. So Shmuel has a different interpretation of. Both Rabbi Shimon and Hakamim. Now, Rashi on the top, Rashi over here brings 
two different understandings. We are going to explain according to the opinion that Ashi uh, explains the maskana. He rejects one way of the learning because of different questions. So we'll explain according to Ashi's maskana. Ashi understands this as this. Even this is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, meaning even Rabbi Shimon, who is the lenient rabbi when it comes to this machloket, he holds like the way you explained hakamim. Meaning, the way we just explained hakamim is the only heter you have is what? The outside chasrut can go to the middle. That's really Rabbi Shimon's opinion. But Hakamim, they hold everybody's asur to each other. The middle can't go to the sides, and the sides can't go to the middle. So therefore, Kortis Shemueli has a more strict understanding of Rabbi Shimon. Now the only problem that you have according to this explanation, the way that she uh, explained it, he asked this question actually, how are you going to explain our Mishnah? If you remember the Mishnah, where Rabbi Shimon quoted this case, we can go back to it for a moment. It's on Mem He Amud Bet. Kedai to see it inside. Right before the Gemara. Right? Amar Rabbi Shimon. It's about uh, four lines down. He muteret imahim. How do you explain that line? He, the middle is permissible to them. That's Shemuel saying that according to Shimon, that's not so. So therefore, as she says, it's a very big question how Shemuel is going to interpret this lashon of the Mishnah. So that she comes along with a hadush. And that she says, this line over here actually means the opposite. He muteret imahen, which means that uh, the middle, he, the middle hatzir, muteret imahen, is permissible for them, or with them. They are allowed to carry into that middle, which is not the normal explanation, but... You have no choice to explain it that way. And then he says that, actually if you look further up in the Mishnah, if you look at the second line in the Mishnah, Do you remember the case of Tehomin, where we had three guys, right, that were uh, next to each other. So we said one and three were out of each other's tomb, but the third guy was within each other's tomb, right? So look what the Mishnah said. Shilosha. Vahim say muvla binahim. Hu mutar imahim. Vahim mutarim imo. So the way that uh, she understands when it says, Hu mutar imahim also means that. Hu mutar imahim means that they can come to his shared area, but he cannot go to them. So therefore, uh, it's a little door like you have to read it in the Mishnah, but you have no choice. So basically, let's review the Shita of... That's, it's, it's redundant according to this. Correct. Correct. That comes out that's really redundant, and the Mishnah is using the same Lashon that it used in the previous case. But that's what it means. It doesn't mean that they can carry into the other ones. It means that the 
outer people can carry to the middle. That's the way that she explains. It doesn't answer the redundancy. The redundancy of the Mishnah is like that, and it chose to say it that way. That's the way that she answers. So let's review the Mahlokit Rav and Shemuel. Rav and Shemuel have a Mahlokit, how to understand Rabbi Shimon. Rav understands Rabbi Shimon that what? Uh, simply like we understood it till now. The middle Chatzir is mutar to carry to the outer Chatzirot, and the outer Chatzirot is mutar to carry into it. And Hakamim will say, no, only the outer into the middle, and not the middle into the outer. Shemuel will come along and say, no, that's exactly Rabbi Shimon's opinion. That what? Only the middle into the outer, and Hakamim will come along and say, all three Chatzirot are going to be forbidden. Comes the Gemara and says, Tanya kevated Rav Yudali Shmuel. We're going to bring a Braita to prove the way we learn according to Shmuel. Amar Bishimon is a Braita now. Lemadavar Dome, the Shalosh Chatserot Petuchot Zulezu Uftuchot Neshut Rabim. Exactly our case. Right, you have the three chaserot that are open to each other and also open to the neshut rabim. Erbu shtaim imaim sarait. If the two arrow chaserot made an eruv with the middle one, zu mivia mitoch beta veochelet. Chaser number one can bring from its house into the middle and eat. Vezu mivia mitoch beta veochelet. And chaser number three can bring into the middle food and eat. Zu machzeret. Mutara letoch beta. Chatzir number one can take the leftovers back to its chatzir. It finished eating in the middle. Now it can go back home with the leftovers. Vizum machzirat mutara letoch beta. And chatzir number three can take its leftovers back. So you see in the brighter, the only thing the brighter is being matid is the outer chatzirot to go back and forth from the middle. Whose opinion is that? That's the way Shemuel understood Rabbi Shimon. So then we have a clear bright of Achamim, Omrim, Shiloshtan, Asurot. But Achamim come along and say, all three Hatserot are going to be forbidden until they make an Iruv with everybody. So then we have a Braita to support the opinion of Rabbi Shimon Aliba de Shmuel. Comes again what and says, the Azda Shimuel Ta'ame. Shimuel is following his reasoning. So we see Shimuel's opinion in a different case and his opinion is consistent. What did Shimuel say? The Amar Shimuel, Shimuel gave a case like this. Hatser Shibin Shnem Mivuot. Interesting case. You have a chatzir. On one side there's a mavui, an alley. Now in the alley on one side you have chatzirot in that alley as well. And on the other side you have a mavui with chatzirot. So if you want to look at your picture books, it's in 181 in the books. Uh, Actually I'm more fond of the art scroll picture in the art scroll, it shows you the same chatzid that's surrounded by two mivuot, but it shows you chatzidot in that mavui. So you see actually, it's chatzid, mavui, chatzid, mavui, chatzid. Okay, now that's the way you have over here. Now, 
We're going to discuss this case over here because it's a little tricky. This case because to carry in the mavui, you need what's called a shetufemivot. Remember, we learned that when you have a bunch of chatserot open to a mavui, nobody can carry into that mavui unless all the chatserot join together collectively into what's called shetufemivot. Then they can carry in the shared mavui. I say it's tricky over here because this middle chatzit is opened up to both sides. So the question is going to be, which side does he belong to? Can he belong to both sides? And therefore, how does he impact or affect the other chatzit and carrying into the mavui? So the Gemara now gives the cases. Chatzit sheben shtei mivuot. Irba in shenehem. So let's say the uh, middle Hatser made a Iruv with both sides. He made a Iruv in Yashituf Mevuot with the Mavuites right and to the Mavuites left. So what's the Deen? Asura'im Shenehim. So now he's forbidden with both. What's the logic? Rashi. Even according to the Bishamon. Because what did we just learn according to the Bishamon? That a person cannot go to both to both sides. Just like in the case of the three Hatserot. If the middle guy made an Iruv with both, they can come to him, but he cannot go to them. So here you see again Shemuel consistent with his interpretation. So that she just tells us over here, uh, let's read it inside. That's Shemuel's reason that we just said. Now you have to know, Shemuel was the opinion also, that we always go like the lenient opinion. In Iruv. And if Rabbi Shimon would have been lenient in this case, that the middle guy can go to both Mivuot, which is rule. We know Shimuel always goes lenient in Iruv. Now, if there was a lenient opinion in somewhere in Iruv that would say that the middle guy can go to both sides, he would have said in this case as well. He would have said if he made an Iruv on both sides, he can go to this Mavui and that Mavui. And the fact that Shimuel did not say that, he went as lenient as he can. And what was as lenient as he can? The middle of Hatzair is Asur to go. So that must be the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, where he does not allow the middle Hatzair to go to both sides. Good. Continue the cases. Let's say the middle Hatzair did not make an Iruf with either side. Meaning a Shituf with either side. So now... He ruins it for both mivot, because the law is if one of the hatserot and the mavui does not join, so now it's like a regular case of hatser where one of the dwellers in the hatser did not share in the bread. So not only can he carry, but he ruins it for everybody else. So now if the middle hatser did not join with either side, so both sides are asur because they have one hatser. That is not part of the group. Okay? Now, now we get to some interesting cases. Let's say the middle Hatser is accustomed to walking in one of the Mivuot. 
ubachat ena regila. And in one of the mivot, it doesn't walk. Which means it has a pattern. The guys now said usually, let's say, walk to the left. They always go to the left mavui. But to the right mavui, they really don't use. <coughs> so now the Gemara says, asur. The one that it's accustomed to walk into is going to be asur. Why? Because since they didn't make an eruv with him, so therefore, and he's accustomed to go into that area, so it's as if he's part of that area. So therefore, it's one of the hasad that did not make an eruv. So therefore, it's asur for them to carry. But the hadush is the side that he's not accustomed to walk on. Even though he didn't make an eruv with them, he doesn't osir them. Because bottom line, they say you're not part of us. You don't walk over here. You walk on the other side. So it comes out when he doesn't make an eruv, the only side he's going to osir is the side that he's lagil to walk on. Or that hatzir is lagil to uh, walk in. Understood? The Gemara says, Ama Rava Baravuna. So now Rava Baravuna gives an interesting case. Let's say he made an Eruv. It's not carrying. It's not Tchomeshu. It's carrying. Hatsarot over it. You want to carry into the Mavui. Now, Let's say the guy made an Eruv with the Hatsarot that he's not Nagil to go into. On the side of the Mavui that he's not Nagil. The Regila side becomes Mutar. What's the logic? The logic being over here is by making an Eruv on the other side that is not Lagil, that shows he had a change of heart. And therefore this Hasid is saying we are no longer Lagil to the other side. We are now Lagil to the side where we made the Eruv. Therefore they are permitted to the side that they made the Eruv. And the original Lagil side now that Lagil side they're not Part of, mm. and therefore the statement was Now the other side becomes permissible. We don't say what do you mean they were dagir, they make an eruv. No, for the fact that they made an eruv on the other side, now it shows that a change of heart, and therefore both sides would be permissible to carry. The middle chatzik can carry to the side that it made the eruv with, and the other side to carry into the Mavui, because now this guy's not part of them, he joined the other side, even though until now he was Ragil, but once he joined the other side that he was not Ragil with, that's now his new residency, and therefore, that's the deen. I'll get the next case. Lo idiv. This is the case now. The middle chatzir was lagil to one side. That side made an iruf. He wasn't part of it. So technically, at that point, everybody's asur. The other side that he was not lagil, they did not make an iruf. So that's it anyway is asur because there's no iruf. So the Gemara says, vehi atzma lo irba. The middle Hatzid himself did not make an Eruv with anybody. So now by keeping him on the Ragil side, he's ruining it for them. So what does the Gibana say? You could throw the middle Hatzid to the other side. Which means the side that's Ragil, 
can come along and say, listen, you're rooting it for us. We made it, we made it with all our guys. You didn't join us with the Iruv. Now you're causing us not to be able to carry in the Mavui. The other side anyway can't carry. Because they didn't make an Iruv at all. So you know what? Even though you're Agil on this side, but you're Agilut is ruining it for us. So they're able to say, get out of here. We're putting you on the other side. You got nothing to do with us. And we're not ruining the other side. Because the other side anyway can't carry. Because they didn't make an Iruv anyway. It's just we got to get rid of the middle Chatzir because they're ruining it, they're spoiling it. So therefore, the Ragil side that made the Iruv is able to tell the middle Hatser, you're not part of us anymore, we're putting you on the other side. What do we gain by putting them on the other side? The other side doesn't lose out anyway, because they didn't make an Iruv regardless. So by putting the middle Hatser with them, doesn't change their status. It just benefits the other side that they were Ragil now, because they got rid of the Hatser that was negligent in not making an Iruv. Now, this is a classical case of which means I'm benefiting because now I got rid of you, my hasir becomes my, my void becomes visible, and you are the side, you're not losing out anything. Which is by putting the hasir by you, so to speak, you didn't lose anything. Now, the rule of is obviously we have to take this law. Even though in Sedom even such a law, they would not practice. Which means, even a law where it benefits me and doesn't hurt you, in Sedom, they still wouldn't uh, practice it. And they were cruel in Sedom, obviously. So therefore the Gemara says, In a case like this, In this case over here, you force this situation not to be like the trait of Sedom. Which means, the trade of Sedom was, even in such a case, they were were cruel people. So what does it cost you? Just put the Hatser on that side. We benefit, you don't lose. No, we're not going to help you. So therefore, the Gebelah is saying, in this case, you force the situation, meaning that the people should not act like Midat Sedom. And therefore, you're not not picking up a Hatser and pushing it to that side. It's all theoretical, it's all halakhic. You're just considering that the Hatser now belongs to the other side where there was no Hiruv, allowing the side that made the Hiruv to carry. So that's the uh, Dinim. Okay, now the Gemara continues. Amar of Yudamar Shemuel. Now we give some interesting laws regarding the cases of Hirubin. Hamakpid al Hirubo in Hirubo Hiruv. Okay, let's discuss Irubi Hatserot. How do you make Irubi Hatserot? You collect a piece of bread from all the residents, put it in a basket, put the basket in one of the homes, and that's considered that they all live now in that home. Therefore, it's one big residency. Therefore, it's not considered a shared, uh, you know, a Hatser. It's all considered one big family in the Hatser. And that, uh, that's how we matir carrying in a Hatser that has many uh, residents. But let's say one of the guys that gives the bread, he comes along and says a stipulation. I don't want anybody eating that bread. He's makpeed. Now, once you're makpeed, that you don't want anybody to eat your bread, you're really not part of the group now. So therefore the Gemara says, in the name of Rabbi Yudan, in the name of Shemuel, he's makpeed that nobody should eat it in Erubo Eruv. That's not considered Eruv. Why? Mashemo, what do you call this process? That you're making with the bread, Eruv Shemo. It's called an Eruv. What does Eruv mean? 
You're together. <laughs> so, it goes against all definition of the word Eruv. I'm not together. I'm saying, I'm, here's my bread, but nobody touch it. But nobody touch it, so I'm, I'm not joining the group. So therefore, Rabbi Yudah says, doesn't work. He comes along the Hanina, he says, doesn't matter. As long as he gives the bread, even if he puts a stipulation like that, the Eruv is an Eruv. However, we call him a fellow from Vardina, meaning he's a Kamsan. We call him a, uh, a, a tightwad. We call him a, you know, a stingy guy, but it uh, doesn't change the fact that the uh, Eruv is an Eruv. So we have a Mahloket on that. And Shev Vardina. Next case. Amar of Yudamar Shemuel. What is They put all the Iruvs in one house, right? He puts his Iruv in a separate keli. They have a basket, yeah? They collect all the different uh, breads, they put it in one basket. He comes along and says, I want my Iruv to put it in a separate basket. So the Gabbana says, Because he's showing he don't want to be part of the, part of the group. So the Gemara says, Kiman, well, who's that, who's that going like? Kibet Shammai. Nitanya, because we learned yesterday, and if you remember the opinion of Bet Shammai in the Braita, Hamisha Shigabu et Iruban. Five guys in the Hatser collected the Iruv, Vidnatnu Bishne Kelim. And they placed the Iruv in two different Kelim, Bet Shammai Umrim and Ze Iruv. So Bet Shammai says, what? No Eruv, why? Because it's not considered they are together. But Bethlehem says, I don't care if it's the two vessels, it's okay. So therefore that opinion must be going like Bethlehem. The Gibbana says, no. It can be going like Bethlehem. The case of Bethlehem that said, the Eruv is good if it's in two Kelim. With some of case where you filled one basket up where you couldn't fill it up anymore. And if we had to take a second vessel, for the surplus. In that case, Bittil will say, it's fine, because you have no choice. You filled up the, the, the bucket with, let's say, four of the loaves of bread. We can do it with the fifth layer. You have no choice. However, No. But in the case with the Khatayla, you went and put them in separate Kelim, even Bittil will agree that it's not considered an Eru. So there's a difference where you're doing it out of necessity. Where Betelel will say it's okay, where you're doing it just uh, because you want to separate. Then Betelel will agree that it is not an Eruv. So comes out the Botai, we have two similar halakot that the Yudan said in the name of Shemuel. Number one, Hamakpid al Erubo, in Erubo Eruv, because basically he's Makpid that they don't eat it, so he's not part of the group. Or if he puts it in a separate basket, he's also not part, but it's the same logic. Point is, Eruv, you have to be together. So if you separate in any which way, meaning either by saying, I don't want anybody to eat my Eruv, or putting in a separate basket, so that already puts you out of the group. So the Gemara says, Lamali. Why do I need two cases that are basically teaching me the same principle? What do I need the case of Makpida Eruvo? And what do I need the case of Cholek Eta Eruv? So the Gemara says, Siriche. You need both cases. If you only gave me the case of Makpid, I would say, you know what? Mishum de Kapid. Because clearly he's saying, don't eat it. 
So therefore, okay, that's already in Yanni wants to be separate. But here, he didn't say he doesn't want anybody to eat there. He just put it in a separate keli. Maybe that's not enough to be considered, you know, that he's not part of the group. If you gave me the case of the way he put it separately, I said, that's worse because he actually did a maaseh. He actually put it in a separate keli. That's why it's separate. But in the case where he says, I don't want anybody to eat it, eh, that's just words. That he didn't do any maaseh. He gave him the hirub. It's in the same keli. So I'd say maybe it's not considered uh, separate. So therefore you need both cases. Now we go to the next case. Amar le Rabbi Abba le Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Abba told Rabbi Yehuda Bebe ma'atsarta Bebe Rav Zakai He saw him at the wine press of Rav Zakai He saw him, that's what I had a Torah discussion He says Mi Amar Shemuel Ha'cholek et erubo Eno eruv does Shemuel really hold like that? That if you separate the Eruv in different vessels, that it's not going to be considered an Eruv, that he's not part of the group? Is that possible? We learned in the name of Shemuel. Interesting law. The house that you put the Eruv in, he doesn't have to donate bread. Which means, let's say you have five residencies in the Hatser. So you collect bread from the four, and you put it in the fifth guy's house, he's off the hook. So long as he's holding the bread for the group, he don't have to add bread. So the Gemara wants to understand the rationale. Why doesn't he have to add bread? So the Gemara says, My ta'ama, what's the reason? Lab mishum de'amad, because we could say, the keban de manach besalah, since this guy obviously has bread somewhere else in his house, See, everybody has bread in the house. So this guy has bread in a different basket in his house. So we consider as if the bread that's in a different basket is in this basket. So here also, which means, I can say, in the same case, over there where you put your head over in a separate basket, I'll say the separate basket is considered in the original basket. Which means, Shemuel. You were the one that said that a guy who's uh, hosting the Eruv, he doesn't have to put bread. What's the logic? The logic we're thinking at this point is because he has bread. Well, where's his bread? Well, his bread's in a different basket, obviously. So you know what we say? Ah, it's in a different basket, but since it's in the same house, we consider it all in the same basket. Oh, so what do you see? Even though it's in two baskets, it's considered one. So the same thing then, Shemuel, when it came to Cholekit why are you telling me you're not considered part of the Eruv? Just like in the case of the house, where we consider the Eruv that's in a separate place, one, that's why he doesn't have to add bread, because he has bread already and it's part of it. So to in this case as well, Gemara says, no, that's not the reason. That's not the reason. The guy that's hosting the Eruv, even if he doesn't have bread in his house, he's still okay, he's still part of it. Why? My Tama. What's the purpose of the bread? The purpose of the bread is to give everybody residency in one spot. And therefore they're all considered one residency that are now sharing one uh, one hatzed. It's not five places. Who needs residency? 
everybody except a guy who lives there. He has residency. He lives there. So therefore, it's not the pshat that we consider the bread in his cupboard that's considered in the basket. He doesn't need bread. The whole purpose of Eruv is to establish that they're all together in that house. I'm living in the house. I don't, what, do I, what, what do I have to prove? A piece of bread is going to prove more than the fact that I'm living here? So therefore, that is not a question. Comes again what it says. Now we have a mahlokit of how does the Eruv work? What is the mechanics of Eruv? So the Gemara says, <coughs> Gemara says, Amar Shemuel, Eruv Mishum Kinyan. Oh. Shemuel says the Eruv, it works as a Kinyan. What does this bread do? <coughs> when I give the bread, what I'm doing is I'm making a Kinyan. It's as if I'm buying a piece of the guy's house. So now I give bread, kinyane. Bread is shavek kisif. Bread is like money, has value. So I give you a loaf of bread, the guy receives it, so now he gives me a halik in his house, so to speak. So now we all have halik in the same residency. So it's not five residents, it's considered one shared resident, that while well, we all have rights to the chatzir. So that's what the bread is doing, it's actually making an acquisition. Yeah? So the Gemara says, if that's the case, why do you have to use bread? We should say, make a regular deen, uh, everybody give a quarter, or money, and uh, you make the Kenyan like that. So the Gemara's question is that. How come you don't allow to use money? Where did they get the Kenyan of bread? So the Gemara answers. Very, very realistic answer. Because when do you make the Eruv? On Eruv Shabbat. Guy doesn't have money on the of Shabbat. Erev Shabbat, either he spent it all in the in the stores. Yeah, go tell the guy now he's got to take a, some more money to, for an Eruv. That's not the time that he has uh, that he has money. So the Gemara says, Okay, I understand he did it for practical purposes, but if a guy used money, it should work. The guy had money. The Gemara says, no, it does not work. Why? Because the people might think that the only way you can make an eruv is with money. And there's going to come a week where he's not going to have money. And he's not going to use bread because he's going to think you can't use bread. And the eruv is going to become forgotten. Meaning the people are going to forget the laws of Eruv. Which means, really you can use money. But we're concerned that people are going to think that money is the main item. And bread cannot be used. And therefore in a case where they're not going to have money, they're not going to make an Eruv. Then there's going to come a time where people are going to say, oh bread, no, no, bread you can't use, you have to use money. And that's not the deen. So therefore since it's going to come to Mikaltel to spoil the law of Eruv. So therefore, Hakamim said, even if you use money, it's not going to work. You have to use bread. Kamzukebaran says, Ravama, Ravama gives a different understanding. Eruv mishum dira. Eruv is working with tam dira residency, meaning like this: I'm not buying a piece of the guy's apartment. That's not the way it's working. What's working is that when I put bread in this guy's house, a man is drawn after his bread. 
So therefore it's considered that what? I am now living in that house. By putting my bread in that house, I live in that house. Because I want to eat the bread. So therefore, I have to figure out a way, how can I be part of this guy's house, we're all collectively together. So if I put a piece of bread there. So therefore it's considered what? I am part of that dida. So we have two understandings. Eruv Mishum Kenyan, or Eruv Mishum Dira. So the Gemara says, Ma'i Benayu. What's the halachic difference between the way you uh, figure this out? You know, how do you look, learn, learn Eruv? So the Gemara is going to give three halachic differences. Number one, Ika Benayu Keli. Let's say you use a Keli. You don't use bread. Now, if you say that the Eruv is mitam kinyan, so so long as you use something that's shaveh kesef, that has the value of money, whether it's a piece of bread, whether it's a vessel, vessel has value, all I need is to make a kinyan. So all I got to give the guy is something that's valuable, and therefore the kinyan is a kinyan. But if you hold that it's dira, doesn't work that way. I'm not drawn after my vessels. I'm drawn after my food. So therefore, if I give bread, I'm considered a resident. But a keli, not so. So that'll be a nafkamina if you did it with a keli. Nafkamina number two. Ika benayu keli upachot meshave peruta. Or let's say you make a kenyan with something less than the value of a peruta. For example, let's say even you use bread. Bread less than a peruta's worth. Okay? Now, according to the opinion that says kinyan, you can't make a kinyan if you have less than a peruta's worth of the minimum shi'ut to make a kinyan in a peruta. But if you hold a yubishum dira, so long as they give him some type of bread, even if it's less than a shavet peruta, but bottom line, if it has the shi'ut of two sa'udot, I don't care if I got cheap bread, still I'm going to be drawn after my Eruv. That's Kaminan number three. Zekatan. Can a miner set up the Eruv? If all you're doing is delivering the Eruv in order to make residency, you can give it to a miner, just drop it off, he's a delivery boy. But if you're saying it's Mitam Kinyan, so the Katan cannot establish a Kinyan. We're talking about over here a, a miner that's too young, that his kinyan is not a king, he cannot make an acquisition for you. So they have not to make an acquisition. So therefore, that will also be a nafkamina. So let's review the three nafkaminot. A keli, pachot meshavet peruta, and katan. Comes the Gemara and says, Amar le abaye le rabah. Abaye comes and tells rabah. Meaning both of you gave reasons of how the Eruv works. Is it mitam kinyan? Is it mitam dira? According to both of you, we have a question. What's the question? Ha-tanya, we learned in a Braita. Hamisha shegabu et Eruban. You have a Hatser. Five dwellings, five residents in the Hatser. They collected the Eruv. Yeah, five guys all donated a piece of bread. Now they want to go to the Hatser next to it and join them also. Right? Because now they have these two Hatserot here. The first Hatser covered themselves. But they want to now bring in the adjacent Hatser. So what do they do? When they want to 
transfer their Eruf to a different place, meaning they want to now join in the adjacent Hatser, Ehad Molich Likulan. So one guy can go represent them, so to speak, and he goes there, and then she says, with his own loaf of bread, with one loaf of bread, he goes there, and he says, listen, we want to be part of uh, your Hatser as well. So the Gemara says, by one guy going with his piece of bread, yeah, he makes a kinyan in their area by giving the bread. However, which means they didn't make a kinyan. If you tell me that you're giving the bread to get ownership in a common dwelling, in this case over here, how did the other guys get ownership? One guy went from the Hatser with his loaf of bread and he gave it to them. So he was Kone residency in the new, in the second Hatser. But what did it do for everybody else? Secondly, who knew the Kadair? By him giving his bread, fine, he'll be drawn after his bread because Ben is drawn after his bread. So he's good. However, Vitula, nobody else. So therefore, if you're saying Eru Mishum Kenyan or Eru Mishum Diyur, how do you explain this case over here where one guy goes and, you know, takes one of the breads of the five to establish a Eruv in the second Hatser? How does it work? So Rabbah came along and said, uh, it's not a question according to me and it's not a question according to Shemuel. It's way good. This is working mitam shilihut. Which means like this. The guy that's going next door to the next Hatsin, he's not working on his own. He's an agent for everybody else. So therefore, if you say it's Mitam Kinyan, he doesn't have to bring all the bread. Once already we all join together, he brings one bread and he goes to the Hatsin, he says, We're all with this piece of bread now, we're all Koneh, uh, a residency in this Hatsin. He wasn't doing it for himself. It is Mitam Kinyan. And he's representing the uh, group with the Kinyan. And even if you say Mishum Diyur, once the group already all put their bread in one place, it'll still work if you're the agent and you put even one piece of bread over there since they're all together already. So then we'll still say that they're drawn off the, after that bread, so to speak, because they're all one. And therefore it all works Mitam Diyur as well. Therefore it's working Mitam Shalihut. Last point before we get to the Mishnah. If you remember the beginning of today's Gemara, we had a mahloket between Rav and Shemuel. How to learn Rabbi Shimon. The case of the three Hatserot that are open to each other and open to the Shulta Rabbim. Rav said, according to Rabbi Shimon, the middle is permissible to the outside and the outsides are permissible to it. Kemarah concludes and says, Amar of Hamab Barguria, Amar Rav, Halachak Rabbi Shimon. Which means we follow Rabbi Shimon as interpreted by Rav, and that indeed is the Halacha. Comes the Gemara and Mishnah continues. New Mishnah. Mi New story. A guy came on the road. He was traveling out of Shabbat. The Hashkalo. Now it's already going to get dark. He wants to establish an Eruv. He knows that within 2,000 Amma from where he is, there's either a tree or there's a wall. Stone wall. Meaning he knows there's a certain landmark. Now what is the guy thinking? 
in these cases of the Mishnah, we're going to give a big leniency. That even though you're not there, if you know it exists, we could put your Shivita at that spot. So he knows less than 2,000 Amah from where he is, there's a landmark, a tree, let's say. Now, from the tree, he wants to make his Shivita, and then from there he can walk 2,000 Amah already, he'll get him to the city. So therefore it's his advantage. So technically he's going to get 4,000 Amah over here. So the Gemara and Mishnah says like this, in such a case, I repeat, He knew that there was a tree or a wall. The Amal, he said, He verbally said, I want my Shemidat to be under the tree or by the wall. He said nothing. Meaning, for some reason, in that case, the Gemara will explain, the Eruv does not work. However, But if he gives a specific spot, he says, I want my Shemitah to be at the base of the tree. I mean, he didn't just say, at the tree. He gave a specific spot of the tree. Now, it'll be a Shemitah. So what does he do? Now, once Shabbat comes, he can walk 2,000 Amah to the tree. Once he gets to the tree, now he has an additional 2,000. And now he can walk from the tree, 2,000 Amah back to his house. Comes out, technically by doing this leniency, he's going to get... 4,000 Abba. <coughs> Comes again, says, Let's say he doesn't know a landmark. <coughs> yeah, he doesn't know if there's a tree within 2,000 Abba or a stone wall within 2,000 Abba. Or he just doesn't know the halakha that he has that leniency. Yeah, he doesn't know that you could, uh, you know, you could send your Eru from far away. And he said, Shvitati bimkomi. So he has no better. So what did he say? All right, my shivita will be where I am. He doesn't know he can technically go further. So what's the deen? Zakhado mekomo alpaim amalichol ruach. So then it's a standard eruv where that's a shivita and he's going to get two thousand amal tall sides. Which means the truth is, even if he didn't say anything, even if bottom line he just stayed there before Shabbat, so also he's going to get the two thousand uh, amal. Because that's the thing. Wherever you are going into Shabbat, that's where you get your Shemitah. This case over here is obvious. Now the Gemara, Mishnah tells Jehadush, but how do you calculate your 2,000? So the first Shita says, Agulot. You draw a circle. Which means, from where you're standing, you have a circle now. So your 2,000 Amma are circular, meaning you lose the corners. You're only getting 2,000 amount within a circle, not the corners. If you look at your picture books at 182, you see the difference if it's circular or it's square. So the first shita, which is the B, Hanina, that's the letter B, Hanina bin Antigonus. He holds that it's a circle. It is square. You gain the corners. 
like a square table. Now, what does he have to say like a square table? Which means he says uh, it doesn't have to be a perfect square. Second, you never have a perfect square. Even a square table is not 100% perfect. But it means, it means like a uh, square. That to be precise, uh, like a tefillin. It's got to be uh, square to the inch. It's, uh, you know, uh, like a square. Now, in order to gain the corners. Right? So that's a very important mahlukit in uh, how you calculate your 2,000 amma. Where's point to the Mishnah? Vizui Sha'amru, and that's what we said, We learned this earlier. We said a poor man is able to make eruv, he doesn't need to make bread. He's able to do it with his feet. Meaning, if he goes to the spot, even without bread, it's permissible. So here we had a mahloket, how to understand this. Amar bimi'ir, anu en lanu ela ani. The bimi'ir said, that when it says ani, it means an ani, meaning either a poor man, or meaning somebody that's on the road, going into Shabbat, and doesn't have any access to bread. He can even be a rich man, doesn't matter how much money he has in his bank account. Right now he's considered ani. So for those type of guys, we were lenient that what? You can make an eruv with your feet. However, everybody else, let's say a guy that was at home, a rich man or a poor man, according to Rashi. You got to go with bread. The, according to Rashi, the way he learned above, the only heter of Ani, who's considered Ani for this deen? A guy that's on the road, that doesn't have access to bread at the time. But if you have bread, then everybody has to put bread. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Ehad Ani, Ehad Ashir. Rabbi Yehuda comes along and says, anybody can be Ma'arib Beraglav. Meaning, a rich guy's at home, he has hundred loaves of bread. He wants to go walk to the spot? He can walk to the spot, no problem. So then what's the deen of bread? Bread is a leniency, not a, not a humrah. How is it a leniency? Because the law is, when you're ma'ariv with bread, you don't have to go there yourself. You can send an agent to the spot. So the Hakamim said, if you want to go yourself, <laughs> go yourself, that's, that's Humrah. You want to go yourself, even the rich guy can walk to the Ayru before Shabbat makes Shemitah directly there. The Hidush of the bread case is what? That in the Hashir we even let him use bread. How is that going to be a leniency for him? Because now we can give it to his agent before Shabbat and say, do me a favor, I want you to go to that spot over there and Konesh Shemitah for me. So we're going to have a great Mahlokere between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. The Bimir says that what a rich guy can never uh, The rich guy can only be Me'arev uh, with uh, bread. This Hadus of Me'arev Me'arev was said for somebody that's on the road that doesn't have bread. Somebody that's on the road. Meaning he's uh, before Shabbat, where's he get bread from? But a rich guy in his house, he has bread according to Bimir, you gotta take the bread and go to the spot. You cannot be Me'arev Me'arev Rabbi Yudas is what you're talking about. A rich guy, but die if he wants to walk, they can walk there. We're not going to be leaving, we're not going to be strict on that. I agree with you. But what? He can even use bread as well. And bread is a leniency in the sense that what? That will let him send his agent in order to save the guy a trip. So that's a mahluk between Rabbi Yudas and Rabbi Meir.